Check, test, two, three, four. Hi, listeners. This is Alvin. Just a quick note before you get into this podcast. This one's a long one. I think it's upwards of 30 minutes. But before you go in, you should know there are some curse words that we left unbleeped. And we're recording at the park. So the the train, the pickleballers, I think there are some kids skateboarding. We included all of it. We love all of it. We're just glad that Mount Vernon is outside on a sunny day. It's kind of windy. A lot of things going on. So if, you, if you're if you used to and you demand our usual pristine, um, no background noise podcast, this one might not be for you. Otherwise, thanks for coming. Have a good time. Please enjoy. And I think we can get some some wonderful, cool marimba music here. Can we get... No, the, the good one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Welcome, friends. This is the Underground Writing Podcast for the week of March 8th, 2021. I'm Matt Mallion, Director of Underground Writing, a program offering creative writing workshops in at-need community settings. We work in places in which people have been speaking but not heard, thus resulting in voices forced underground. And I'm Alvin Shim, producer for the Underground Writing Podcast. On our podcast, we share writing crafted in our five underground writing sites. Today, we're going to provide our listeners with another COVID-19 era update, and we're welcoming Jessica, our former intern and poet, back to the podcast. We're recording this on Wednesday, February 24th, 2021, and it's our first episode, I believe, uh, ever to be recorded outdoors. We're at a local park out in the fresh air with social distancing, and uh, it's pretty cold. I think listeners will be able to hear that wonderful pickleball ping-ponging, <laughs> pickleballing, and there, I'm going to count 90 people in those courts, and they've been at it for more than an hour and a half, so good for them, good for us too, kind of. Listeners, as you may recall, Jessica interned with Underground Writing in 2018 and 2019 and was featured in a two-part edition of Kite back in October 2019. Jessica's first chapbook, Talk About Me, is available for ordering through our store. Welcome back to the podcast, Jessica. Thank you, Matt. It's been a while. I can't believe we last chatted with you in October 2019. What what's uh, what are the key highlights that you can share with us since that time? Um, highlights. Let's see. Highlights and lowlights. I think one of my highlights is probably the hairdo. Mm-hmm. Chop my hair off. First thing we talked about. Yeah. Yep. It's a good. It's a glow. Yeah. It was a nice change. It was refreshing. I enjoyed it but now I want my hair back. (laughs) I think listeners call in if you've also cut your hair at home by yourself during stay-at-home time. (laughs) I know a few other people who have tried that. I I regularly cut my hair at home. I just don't want to confess that. I'm not alone in this. Um, One of my low lights is probably going to be not taking time off earlier from work. It's been a little hectic, and I thought I could handle it, but everybody's got their limits, and Mm -hmm. we got to learn our limits. So you decided to take a week off from work for yourself? Yes. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah. Did you feel weird about doing that before you made that decision? I kind of felt guilty in a way, just because like I work with kids 13 to 21, and 
I feel like I have to be there all the time. And I realized, you know, like you can't really help other people if you don't help yourself first. Mm -hmm. So you got to be healthy and you got to be sane to be able to be there for other people. The way that you say that is so logical and clear. And I know that's true on paper. And I, my act, my behavior does not indicate that I know that that's true. So good yeah. for you. <laughs> Take that week off, you know, take care of yourself. That's a good reminder. What, what do you name, name the thing you're most looking forward to in your week off? That would be hiking. All right. Oh my yeah. gosh. Right. You're going to be active. That's great. Yes. That's good. I love hiking. Do you want to say where you work? And we can bleep it out. Um, I work at, as a youth counselor. Uh, it kind of depends on the kids, how they're doing. Um, there's always crisis calls that, you know, sometimes you got to put down whatever you're doing and you got to go, go, go. So kind of one of those days in the beginning, but then it kind of mellowed out. You had a few calls that you had to attend to in the beginning. Yeah. And then they were done. Yeah. Okay. And then you're... You're just still taking care of a bunch of kids. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Documentation is like my least favorite part of my job. Mm -hmm. How many kids? Uh, you mean my caseload? Mm -hmm. um, so it's supposed to be, I believe, 20, but sometimes there's more to, to it. It's supposed to be 20, you guys. <laughs> She's maxed out at 20. Yeah. We are going to say their name now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's a lot. I mean, that's a lot. That that's is a lot. lot. Yeah. 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 At, at first, I was totally comfortable, like, working with, like, five kids because, I mean, you have enough time to dedicate to them. But then after they started giving me more and more and more and more, and then I went over my caseload. Mm -hmm. At that point, I was just kind of like, this is just, it's not fun anymore. And I feel like I can't dedicate enough time and help to the youths. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have one or two people that I regularly try to help, uh, you know, out in the community, and it's, it's hard. Sometimes it's hard to keep yeah. up with one. De it just depends on their mm -hmm. situation or whatever. But a lot of tracking down, a lot of emotional support. It's a lot in one day. Sometimes just with one kid, mm -hmm. and then you have like two, three that you have to check up on within the five days, and then you got to meet certain hours. You only have forty hours a week. Right. So if you go over, you don't get paid for that. Yeah. Oh boy. Now you, last time I talked to you, you were still doing quite a bit of reading and writing. What What's that look like since, like last time we recorded together uh -huh. was in October, and and the around the time your chapbook came out. Just talk about you know since then, which has been under a year and a half, but like kind of what you've been writing, what you've been thinking about writing, that, that sort of um, thing. I've written here and there, like maybe three, four pieces since then. And they're more of like raps than poetry. Yeah. 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 It helps venting. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. <laughs> that was my next question. Is it about yeah. what's going on? 
Yeah, sometimes it's just about like things that go through my head mm-hmm. in the moment, just to let it out. Like, girl, mm-hmm. you know. Just, you yeah. you tell me if we need to move on. But you talked earlier about the the shame that you feel, the guilt that you feel about taking time away. Yeah. To take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. How do you do that? Do you process that on a day to day when you go into work and then when you leave work? Do you have a ritual where you say, "I'm done with work today"? My supervisor has actually been a, a huge help to me because um, I have ADHD, so oh. I hyper focus on yeah. one thing, awesome. especially if it's like like really interesting to me or if I'm really passionate about it. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to disengage. Or if it's a kid that's in trouble and you can help them. Right. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I'll definitely give my best. And that's, you know, that's a good thing. But also my supervisor needs to kind of like be there and tell me like, you've done enough. This mm-hmm. is where you need to like kind of back up a little bit and mm-hmm. take care of yourself. Yeah. Um, Techniques probably leaving my laptop and my phone at work have been has been helping a lot. And yeah, just my supervisor talking to me, checking in with me every mm-hmm. week, just making sure that I'm not doing too much. You have someone on your team and supporting you. Right. That's yeah. good. Oh my gosh, that's 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 a good deal. Yeah. Awesome. And you brought some of your pieces here to share with us. Yes. Are you up for sharing them with us right now? Yeah. Okay, awesome. piece doesn't really have a name but I did write it last minute you're as real as the air that I breathe you're as special as the water that I need you're not any less than our society implies your womb kept me safe for nine months till I let out my first cry you provided me comfort and a roof over my naked soul you gave me nourishment and kept me out of the cold Your body took wind, rain, and dreadful hours of heat. From 5 a.m. to 6 p.m. with a bag as rain gear to afford what we'd eat. I never felt poor because your love never let me. I never felt forgotten because you'd never forget me. I was at the top of your list. You'd always put me first. Your first true love and the first baby you nursed. I could never repay all the devotion you put in my heart's empty pockets. That's one. And then... This is just a thank you. I'm thankful for the people that have stuck around regardless of how reckless I got. Putting anger and sorrow in a bottle really will fuck you up. Thank you all for the patience and attentiveness while you watched me avoid again and again those conflicting emotions. I also would like to apologize to those who got hurt in the midst of all the commotion, whether it was physically, emotionally, or mentally. I know I've taken part in some damage I myself can't even recall, but I know you remember because who doesn't remember the person they hold at fault? There's very few that surprisingly still are able to put up with my heavy personality, and I don't make that announcement proud. Even my mother who loves and cares for me has felt overwhelmed. 
Well, thank you for, for sharing that. I, the first thing I think of when I hear those pieces is that, um, and, and you can like correct me if I'm wrong or, or you can uh, elaborate or um, revise or whatever, but it sounds like from the last time that we worked together when you were interning and, and you did the reading on Kite, those pieces sound like there's been uh, moments of um, recollection, reflection, um, thinking about your life and um, gaining some perspective. How does that sit with you? Is that a somewhat yeah. <laughs> accurate analysis? Yeah, it sounds pretty accurate. Okay. I've gone a couple of times through like the book, the chat book that um, you helped me publish. And yeah, it's helped me just kind of like process all of it over and over again and just see like... I do have a lot of people that really love and support me and I don't think I've ever paused and acknowledged their help and their support. Hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, it was a lot of reflecting. Yeah. Um how how does it when you look back at the at your chapbook when you read your own words at this juncture in your life because some of those poems in the chapbook were reflecting backwards again you know further back into your past when you read the chapbook now read your own words that you wrote uh how did i don't know what's that experience like for you as a as a writer and a person that continues to evolve and grow and change it's kind of been like a roller coaster like sometimes i'll read through it and i'll feel like wow i can't believe i did that and then other times i'll read through it and just be like I don't want to be that person still stuck in that in that zone like I don't want to be hurt anymore I don't want to be mad anymore I don't want to be resentful towards um, the people that have done me wrong or just I just kind of want to forget about the situations that have happened in the past and move past it and at, at this vantage point like like before we started recording we were talking about like you know testing the mics what what we had, what the movie we'd last seen, and last night I watched a documentary about a writer who lived through the Vietnam War, and uh, was really talking about how he and others like him that had lived through that traumatic experience, how writing really was um, literary, but also this this uh, healing agent in his life, and and he he noticed that in others too. Do you feel like writing at this juncture is still that kind of uh, dual thing for you? Like it's still like a, or how how do you think about that kind of, those aspects? I mean, me as a person, like I'm always going and going. Like Like I said, I hardly ever press the pause button. And so I forget to say things. I forget to process things. So they they're still with me. I carry them with me. It's just that I don't I don't have the words to like put it out there. So when I do take a moment to like put my thoughts into a piece of paper and I think one of the things that you told me one time was like it doesn't have to be meaningful. It doesn't have to like be powerful or anything special. Just write whatever comes to your mind and that's helped a lot. Just like random thoughts and I'll 
put them down on a piece of paper and then later on just kind of like collect all those thoughts together and if I ever like decide to for example like my friend um Stephanie who I'm really close with like I've, I don't think I've ever took the time to like just tell her how much I appreciate her and like what for and I think voicing that is really important just because I don't want her to ever feel like I've I've taken her for granted I've taken her help for granted and writing has really helped me just kind of like make a list of all those things that I'm like grateful for what what she's done for me the moments that she's been there for me and I'm able to communicate that with her through my writing but I don't think I'd be able to do that just myself like yeah like person to person yeah in the yeah. moment type yeah. Of thing. yeah yeah that's right I mean yep and I think that a person receiving that kind of thing uh, is very meaningful to them you yeah. know not only that you've said it but you've taken the time mm-hmm. to write it down and and I think um, think back on my own life too anytime that I've given or received that kind of written testimony of gratitude appreciation it's always been meaningful so yeah. I think that's I think it's cool you're doing it and and cool you're doing it uh, at this stage of your life and and I like I like hearing well I don't know I just like hearing how your journey is progressing thank you we don't always talk about writing equals healing uh, it, it often does but when we do have that conversation it's more of an internal like I get to sort out what's going on, what I'm feeling. I get to map out what happened uh, on paper. But this is really exciting because you wrote specifically to people. Did you give these pieces when they were finished to the person they were written for? Um, I actually published it on my social media. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like tagged them and... Um, no, I just <laughs> posted it. <laughs> you put it out there and maybe they'll see it? Yeah. Okay. It was more like the people that are like on top of like where I'm at mm-hmm. they acknowledge it and they'll feel it mm-hmm. yeah. has it led to more discussions when people see it and they interact with it um yeah a lot of people will reach out and just like check in um which I found kind of like comforting like it's like a reminder like hey like I saw what you posted and mm-hmm. like how you doing hmm Let's catch up. That's such a beautiful exchange because it's it's um, like writing anything as personal as you shared with us today is one thing. And then the next leap to share it with people on social media Mm. or with people in any capacity is huge. And then I bet you had a sense of like, did people see this? Like, did they care about this? Do they did they feel it internally? Or am I going to hear from specific people? Did you have that? Was it anxious to feel that way? Honestly, no. I really just kind of wanted to let it out. Mm-hmm. And I did. And the people that actually felt like they were there, that that truly were there, like, acknowledged it. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like the feeling was mutual towards one another. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> you said the first piece was written kind of last minute. Tell us about that process when you were assigned to come with a piece here for the recording. Like, did you have that building up already inside you? Or did you quickly decide it's going to be this to this person about this? Um, yeah. 
Like recently I jumped into like a whole new body of water, you can say. And like, I have been feeling like I've been drowning in sort of a way, like not drowning, but I've kind of been tired from just swimming in it mm -hmm. and keeping yourself afloat yeah yeah and my friend um i think i was thinking about stephanie more than anything just she's always been there for me and she's always been a motivation um she's been my reality check like i just came to realize like in the midst of all the struggle like i i have not taken the the time to like appreciate the people that have stuck by my side no matter what and yeah i just kind of like put it on paper mm -hmm. and it is what it is mm -hmm. <laughs> i would love to hear them again is that okay yeah yeah first one you're as real as the air that i breathe you're as special as the water that I need. You're not any less than our society implies. Your womb kept me safe for nine months till I let out my first cry. You provided me comfort and a roof over my naked soul. You gave me nourishment and kept me out of the cold. Your body took wind, rain, and dreadful hours of heat from 5 a.m. to 6 p.m. with a bag as rain gear to afford what we need. I never felt poor because your love never let me. I never felt forgotten because you'd never forget me. I was at the top of your list. You'd always put me first. Your first true love and the first baby you ever nursed. I could never repay all the devotion you put in my heart's empty pockets. Second piece. I'm thankful for the people that have stuck around regardless of how reckless I got. Putting anger and sorrow in a bottle really will fuck you up. Thank you all for the patience and attentiveness while you watch me avoid again and again those conflicting emotions. I also would like to apologize to those who got hurt in the midst of all the commotion, whether it was physically, emotionally, or mentally. I know I've taken part in some damage I myself can't even recall. But I know you remember because who doesn't remember the person they hold at fault? There's very few that surprisingly still are able to put up with my heavy personality. And I don't make that announcement proud. Even my mother who loves and cares for me has felt overwhelmed. A moment of silence. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thank you. Uh, we don't have to put this on the podcast, but are are you doing okay? Like with all that, like the new waters you're swimming and. Yeah, this week off has really helped me. Okay. Like, mm -hmm. Yeah, sometimes you try to help people and you get lost yourself. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for thanks for sharing those. Mm. Yeah, love it. Yeah. Thank you for letting me share. I'm glad I assigned you another one to yeah. <laughs> to bring. It's good. It's good to hear. It's good to hear you read again, and good to know that writing continues to be a practice that um, is nourishing to you in a variety of ways. It sounds like. Yeah. 
What's been going on in the world of underground writing? Just have a few updates uh, for listeners. Um, our first is a nice one. Uh, Podcast Review, a Los Angeles review of Books Channel, published a review titled uh, Eight Podcasts to Inspire Your Writing Practice and included us in a great group of writing-focused podcasts. The review's author, Alice Florence Orr, wrote, An accomplished and poignant example of how writing can create a positive impact beyond bookshop shelves. Listening to the Underground Writing Podcast reminds us that, at its core, writing has the capacity to inspire hope. Writing belongs to everyone, even, and perhaps especially, the disadvantaged. So, we'd like to send out a big shout-out and thanks to Alice, Podcast Review, and the Los Angeles Review of Books. That was really fun. It's a great project and fun to look at all the lists. It's just fun to look at lists. I did, yeah, I didn't know about half, at least half of those yeah, podcasts. I didn't yeah. either. It was, it was really cool. And it was one of those, you know, we because we're young uh, as an organization, relatively young, and uh, young as a podcast, like, there's a lot of firsts for us. Mm-hmm. And that was a fun, fun first review and just kind of, yeah, just came out of the blue. I got an email one day. And the writer, Alice, she actually lives currently... Um, I believe she's Scottish, but she currently lives in Denmark, and she's writing for the Los Angeles uh, Whoa. Yeah, Review of Books. So it's uh, kind of an international thing in that way. Okay. So Thanks, kind of, Alice. Maybe she'll come visit us. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome to be a guest on the show. Literally anytime you want. Yeah. yeah, we'd love that. A question that we're getting uh, frequently from neighbors or people in the community um, is just uh kind of are there new updates about the workshops and in short not at this time uh washington state has uh transitioned to phase two of the recovery plan uh but at this time that does not impact us as regards in-person workshops so we're still doing the e-deliverable workshops and weekly publishing of student writing um some of which comes from those workshops and we're doing that on social media uh platforms uh the migrant leaders club site is um is ongoing, and that has been the one site that we've been able to do some Zoom workshops, uh, joining meetings with them, and they are working, uh, continue to work on a project with us and a photographer, uh, Marilyn uh, Montefor from Seattle, and that project is ongoing, and I'm happy to say that uh, March 10th, there will be kind of the first exhibit of what we hope will be a series of them for um, the collaborative projects where Marilyn has taken photos and then we've worked with students on the writing about their experiences of the COVID-19 era. And the details are as follows. Uh, it'll be opening at the Jacob Lawrence Gallery on the campus of University of Washington on Wednesday, March 10th. The exhibition will run through Saturday, March 27th. Gallery hours are Monday through Friday, 10 to 5, and Saturdays by appointment only from 1 to 6. We have been informed, I think, I, I'd uh, hesitate to make this a solid thing, but we can put it in the podcast notes. I think the opening is going to be virtual. And so at some point, either on our website or on the podcast or both, we'll have a link to offer to uh, you, the listener, where you can click on it and see some of, some of what's been going on with that project. Um, how many students will be involved with the first exhibit are still in the confirmation stage. Um, and if you do try to go see it in person, uh, just make sure to check the gallery website to confirm dates and times. Uh, the exhibit itself is a collaborative exhibit between 
there are four four to six people here regionally that were up for something called the Netty Award, which is a um, arts award here in the uh, Washington, Seattle, Washington area. Marilyn, the photographer, was a finalist for that. And so it's a group exhibit with all those people. So it's really cool. I know you've seen some of her photographs, um, Alvin, mm-hmm. and we talked about that a bit um, earlier. Yeah, very striking, very bold. I just, just, I don't know. It's fun to describe images on a podcast, you know, <laughs> but go to, <laughs> yeah. go to the website, go check it out and just like set aside some time to just sit there and, and be taken up by it. It's very moving work. Yeah. And we'll, we'll put uh, Marilyn's own website link up there on mm-hmm. the podcast notes as well. Another question we get asked uh, off and on during this time, uh, well, all the time, but throughout this time especially, is how can I help or encourage underground writing students? Um, as always, help us uh, by continuing to amplify their voices, whether that is interacting with our social media, uh, passing uh, social media student writing highlights on to other people that you know, or getting them to uh, become followers on those social media. You can also spread the word about our students' work. Um, in various other ways, and consider um, donating uh, books, new or used, to The Change, which is our book pipeline to students, uh, particularly those in settings of incarceration. Also visit our store for t-shirts or books. Um, Those profits go back into our programming to help more students as we uh, seek to amplify their voices. If you have any other questions, feel free to reach out to us by email, of course. And I'll ask a couple things to keep in mind. Our Dear America Chapbook, which is our latest publication, continues to be available through our web store. Uh, Thank you again to Claudia Castro-Luna for the forward and Rick Epstein Foundation for the publication grant. And keep keep in the loop about our initiative, Letters to a Young Inmate. It has definitely slowed down uh, because of the COVID time, but it is on track to launch this year once the design work has been completed. And we look forward to telling you more about that as uh, details emerge. Um, as far as a launch date. You can make a difference, but you have to make some noise. We have to stay together, united together, we're fighting. There was no more fear. So I just start whenever? Yep. Today's featured writings were new pieces by me. If you would like to read more of my work, my chat book, Talk About Me is now available for ordering via our website. A note to listeners, we are still shipping books and chapbooks during the COVID-19 lockdown. You may have more time to read nowadays, and we can send you good material. Consider supporting student writing by ordering your copies today. We'll have another episode for you in the coming weeks. Let us know what you thought of this episode. Send us feedback via our email address, podcast at undergroundwriting.org. Connect with us via our website, undergroundwriting.org. Org, and spread the word about our work by mentioning us on social media. The Underground Writing Podcast is recorded and produced by Alvin Shim and Underground Writing. You can access it via Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and other podcast outlets, as well as on our website, where we include links of interest connected to items mentioned in each episode. The introductory music for this podcast is Cool Number no. 2 by Walt Hampton, as performed by the LaVenture Middle School Marimba Band here in Mount Vernon, Washington. And the music you hear at the conclusion of each episode is provided by Luis Lopez and the Migrant Leaders Club in the Mount Vernon School District. 
I'm Jessica Solano. I'm Alvin Shim. And I'm Matt Malian. Thanks for listening. And we look forward to telling you more about that as uh, details emerge um, as far as a launch date. I guess that's it. Yeah, that's it. And then and then Jessica brings it home. It's weird not to end with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are we it doing? Is. <laughs> I don't think we've ever done it that way. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I, I don't. I can't. Rem- I mean, I can't remember any of the times we were. <laughs> So, having said that, (laughs) I don't think we have. Yeah.